0: Episode 93, New Paper Demolishes the Claim that COVID Vaccines Saved Lives A new report published by retired physics professor Denis Rancor and colleagues presents perhaps the most powerful compilation of evidence yet that the experimental injections marketed as COVID-19 vaccines are responsible for the surge in excess mortality, that is deaths above the expected number taking population structure into account, that has been observed in Australia and many other countries since 2021. Rancor has written prolifically about every element of the arse-backwards response to COVID-19, and I've discussed several of his previous papers in my articles, including New Study Shows Face Masks Are Dangerous to Children's Health, If the COVID-19 Injections Work, Why Are More People Dying, Part One, and The Great Australian Die-Off. This latest paper, titled COVID-19 Vaccine-Associated Mortality in the Southern Hemisphere, will almost certainly be Rancor's magnum opus, 180 pages of graphs, charts, and data analysis that methodically, mercilessly bludgeons to death the ludicrous claim that these novel injections saved millions of lives. As always, I encourage you to read the paper for yourself. This is a crucial part of your training in bullshit detection, and I've linked the paper in the post to come from this podcast episode. But here's the gist of it. Rancor and his three co-authors analyzed all-cause mortality data obtained from the World Mortality Dataset and vaccination administration data obtained from Our World in Data for 17 equatorial and southern hemisphere countries, namely Argentina, Australia, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Malaysia, New Zealand, Paraguay, Peru, the Philippines, Singapore, South Africa, Suriname, Thailand, and Uruguay. And I've included a map in the Poster Companies podcast episode just in case you're wondering, where the heck is Suriname? Now, these countries collectively comprise 9.1% of global population and received 10.3% of all the COVID-19 injections administered throughout the world, a vaccination rate of 1.91 injections per person. Virtually every type of COVID-19 injection was used by at least one of these countries. The Moderna and Pfizer mRNA shots, the Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, Covishield and Sputnik V adenovirus vaccines, the Covaxin, Covilo, and Sinovac, whole inactivated virus-based COVID-19 vaccines, and the Novavax protein subunit vaccine. There is no evidence in any one of the 17 countries or in the collective data set that the COVID-19 injections reduced all-cause mortality. All-cause mortality was selected as the outcome of interest because it is not subject to either reporting bias or bias in attributing cause of death, thus rendering moot the died with versus died from conundrum. It is also the best metric of the impact of any factor on overall number of deaths within a population. Thus, it can be used to measure the real-world safety and effectiveness of pharmaceutical products. A truly safe and effective vaccine would reduce the number of lives lost to the infectious disease it protects against without increasing the number of deaths from other causes. In all 17 countries, all-cause mortality increased after COVID-19 injections were administered to their populations. In nine of the 17 countries, namely Australia, Malaysia, New Zealand, Paraguay, the Philippines, Singapore, Suriname, Thailand and Uruguay, there was no excess mortality in the approximately one year period between the World Health Organization's declaration of a pandemic on the 11th of March 2020 and the commencement of the COVID-19 injection rollout. In other words, the supposedly deadly pandemic did not result in any extra deaths in these nine countries during the period in which SARS-CoV-2 was allegedly at its most virulent. For those remaining Australian and New Zealander branch Covidians, who are still clinging to the dogma that their nations were only saved from becoming charnel houses by permitting their so-called leaders to turn themselves into island fortresses, it is noteworthy that Paraguay, which had no excess mortality in the pre-vaccine era, shares a 750 kilometer long land border with Bolivia, which had a major peak in excess mortality during this same period. Who knew that viruses could read maps? In the post accompanying this podcast episode, I've included a sample of some of the many, many, many charts in this mammoth paper, and I really do encourage you to take a look at those charts. The first set of charts that I've reproduced from the Rancor et al. paper are examples of countries in which the deadly pandemic failed to kill any extra people before the injection rollout. Now, the blue line in these charts represents all-cause mortality, the yellow line shows vaccine doses, and the red line depicts the one-year moving average, which is the average all-cause mortality for the year ending at the said point in time. The vertical grey line represents the WHO's declaration of a pandemic in March 2020, which precipitated massive changes in government policy and medical protocols for treatment of respiratory disease. When you take a look at these charts, you'll note that there's a seasonal pattern of deaths, that is peaks of death in winter associated with flu season in the three southern hemisphere countries. You'll also note the absence of any discernible seasonal pattern of all-cause mortality in equatorial Singapore. And you'll see the unseasonal spikes in mortality after the injection rollout and the unprecedented surge in winter mortality in Australia and New Zealand after the booster campaign in early 2022. Of the eight countries which did have excess all-cause mortality, In the pre-vaccination phase of the COVID pandemic era, two, that is, Argentina and Brazil, simply had higher numbers of deaths during their regular flu season. The remaining six, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru and South Africa, had extraordinarily high and completely unprecedented spikes in all-cause mortality that occurred after the WHO's declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic, but at different times in each country. These mortality peaks are not at all congruent with a globally spreading viral respiratory disease. The most likely explanation for these excess deaths is, to quote from the paper, sudden changes in medical and institutional protocols and government responses tied to the declaration of a pandemic, end quote. I've reproduced a couple of examples of these countries that did have excess or because mortality pre-vaccination in the post this podcast episode. Take a look at those and remember while you're looking that Paraguay, which had zero excess mortality, is a neighboring country to Bolivia, which had catastrophically high excess mortality. Although not mentioned in this paper, perhaps the most significant change in medical protocols was the precipitous decline in prescription of antibiotics in many jurisdictions, While antibiotics are generally inappropriate for use in viral infections, they are indicated for secondary bacterial pneumonia, which is now acknowledged to have driven a significant proportion of the deaths attributed to COVID-19. A private hospital network in Bolivia reported a steep decline in antibiotic prescriptions, down from 61.71 antibiotic doses per 100 inpatient days in the pre-pandemic era to 39.79 doses per 100 inpatient days during the pandemic. Not all classes of antibiotics saw decrease use during the declared pandemic, but one class that did was the macrolides, This category of antibiotics includes azithromycin, which has known antiviral and anti-inflammatory properties and was a key component of early treatment protocols devised by Didier Rayol and Vladimir Zervzelenko. Use of antibiotics, including azithromycin, increased in Brazil and also remained high in Paraguay. Southern Hemisphere countries have a very predictable seasonal pattern of deaths, winter peak, summer trough, and equatorial countries, as mentioned before, have no seasonal mortality variation. However, in the 15 countries for which sufficient mortality data were available, there were unprecedented peaks in all-cause mortality in the summer of 2022. These dramatic spikes in unexpected deaths either coincided with or occurred shortly after, the rapid rollout of COVID-19 vaccine booster doses, that is third or fourth doses. The association between vaccine rollout and increased all-cause mortality is most easily visible in Australia, as you'll see from the charts that I've reproduced in the article accompanying this, this podcast episode, but it's also evident in the other countries. Note that countries that had very high excess mortality in the pre-vaccine period would be predicted to have comparatively less excess mortality in the post-vaccine period, simply because their most medically fragile population has already been depleted. This is known as the pull-forward or harvesting phenomenon. And in the post this podcast episode, you can see examples of two countries with no pre-vaccine excess mortality, namely Australia and Malaysia and two countries with extraordinary pre-vaccine mortality spikes and a suggestion of pull-forward mortality, that is, Peru and South Africa. The vaccine dose fatality rate, that is, the ratio of vaccine-induced deaths to vaccine doses delivered in a population inferred from excess mortality data across all ages in all 17 countries studied, was 0.126%. That is, 126 deaths per 100,000 vaccine doses administered. In the two countries for which granular data on age group and vaccine dose rollout are available, that is Chile and Peru, quote, the vaccine dose fatality rate increases exponentially with age, doubling approximately every four years of age, and is largest for the latest booster doses, reaching approximately 5% in the 90 plus years age group. That's one death per 20 injections of dose four, end quote. Rancor's team's previous analyses of data from India, Israel, and the US found similar associations between advancing age and precipitously increasing vaccine-associated mortality. I've reproduced the charts from Chilean data in the post this podcast episode, and you can observe how closely the spikes in death correlate with the rollout of the fourth or booster shot in all age groups. But you can see very clearly that those death spikes are the highest in the oldest of the old, that is the 90 plus age group. Rancor and his co-authors who publish under the banner correlation research in the public interest are fully aware that their finding of a correlation between injection rollouts and excess mortality does not prove that the former the injections caused the latter the excess mortality. There are criteria, however, for establishing causation. These are known as the Bradford-Hill criteria, or Hill's criteria for causality, and I discussed them in my previous article, If the COVID-19 Injections Work, Why Are More People Dying? Part 2. Fifty years after the original nine criteria were proposed by Austin Bradford-Hill, famed epidemiologist John Unitas argued that there are just three that are most critical for establishing causality, experiment, experiment consistency, or replication, and temporality, that is, relationship in time. These three criteria are amply fulfilled by the data presented in this paper. A quote from the paper. Experiment. The same phenomenon is independently observed in distinct jurisdictions for distinct age groups and at different times, which constitutes ample verification in independent, real-world, large-scale experiments. Temporality. The many stepwise increases and anomalous peaks in all-cause mortality are synchronous with vaccine rollouts, including in jurisdictions in which excess mortality did not occur until vaccination was implemented after approximately one year into the declared pandemic. Consistency. The phenomenon is qualitatively the same and of comparable magnitude each time it is observed. End quote. Furthermore, plausibility, another of the original nine Bradford Hill criteria, has been established through biopsy and autopsy studies of people who developed pathologies and or died after receiving a COVID-19 injection. The claim of a causal relationship between the injections and excess mortality is further strengthened by the absence of a plausible alternative. The fact that nine of the 17 countries studied by Rancor and his co-authors countries with great diversity of geography, population demographics, and government response had no detectable excess mortality from the time the pandemic was declared until injections began, rules out the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself as a plausible cause of the unprecedented surge of deaths. Alternative explanations for the January-February 2022 or because mortality peaks include seasonal variations in death rates, extreme weather events or natural disasters, government responses and changes in medical protocols, and emergence of new and more virulent variants. But none of these are plausible explanations for the remarkably synchronous waves of death that coincided with injection rollouts staged at different times in 17 different countries dispersed across four continents. Now, one of the alternative explanations for the excess deaths that Rancor and his co-authors did not discuss was delayed effects of infection with SARS-CoV-2, or so-called long COVID. This explanation is frequently offered by defenders of the branch Covidian faith, but it too is simply implausible, given the complete absence of excess mortality in nine of the 17 countries, most of which had wide dispersal of SARS-CoV-2 through their populations prior to launching mass vaccination campaigns. And just in case you doubt that, I've included a graph that I created from Our World in Data that depicts reported cases of COVID-19 in the eight of those nine countries for which Our World in Data actually has this information in the pre-vaccination era of the declared pandemic. So apparently, we are supposed to believe that the deadly delayed effects of a viral infection from which the vast majority of the population recovered unscathed suddenly kicked in only after the novel injections were deployed. Yeah, righto. The claim that the COVID-19 injection saved lives is the easiest to dispatch. Not one of the 17 countries analysed by Rancor and his team, nor any of the other countries studied in their previous papers, had a decrease in all-cause mortality after these novel agents were deployed. In fact, the exact inverse occurred, sustained increases in all-cause mortality after vaccine rollout, especially in the elderly. If COVID-19, so-called vaccines, reduce serious illness and death, fewer people would die after receiving them. Full stop. End of story. Differences in excess mortality rates between the 17 countries in the vaccine period could be attributed to a slew of factors, including age structure and health status of the population and the, the type or types of injectable product used. And on that note, the Johnson & Johnson and Covaxin shots appear to be the most deadly. Across the 17 countries included in this analysis, a staggering 73% of total excess deaths that occurred during the COVID period, from the WHO's declaration of a pandemic in March 2020 to the end of data collection, are attributable to the COVID-19 injections. Extrapolating their vaccine dose fatality rate calculations to the global population, Rancor and his co-authors estimate that COVID-19 injections have caused roughly 17 million deaths worldwide up to the 2nd of September 2023. This calculation, based on actual numbers of excess deaths that were temporarily associated with vaccine rollouts, is 1,000 fold greater than estimates based on clinical trial reports, pharmacovigilance databases, and causes of death recorded on death certificates, implying substantial undercounting and misattribution of vaccine associated deaths. If you're thinking, hang on a minute, 17 million deaths is a lot of corpses. How has this been missed? I'll remind you of two things. 166,324 people die each day. That's as of the date that I wrote this post, which equates to 60,708,260 deaths per year, or About 161,888,700 deaths in the roughly two years and eight months between the launch of the COVID injections and the end of the data collection period used in this paper. An extra 17 million deaths is pretty easy to bury in that enormous number, if you'll pardon the pun. And secondly, 30 out of our 59 fearless leaders in the Australian Senate voted against Senator Ralph Babbitt's motion to launch an investigation into the, quote, concerning number of excess deaths in Australia in 2021 and 2022, as evidenced by recent or cause provisional mortality data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, end quote. And I've included a screenshot from the Australian Senate's official webpage, which shows the names of the Senators who voted yes and who voted no to this motion. Just in case you'd like to send a polite inquiry to the no voters to ask them why they don't think it's important to find out why unprecedented numbers of Australians are dying prematurely. Now, what should you do with this information? I don't mean to be presumptuous, but I can guess what you're thinking. I already knew the jabs were killing people. How does this new paper add anything? And you'd be right to think that the publication of a new study, no matter how rigorous, isn't going to change government policy or ensure justice for those who have been and will continue to be harmed by the experimental injections. However, as Nebraska Senator Kathleen Couth emphasised in our last interview, we need to arm ourselves with key pieces of information that categorically invalidate the false claims of the official COVID narrative. This paper comprehensively rebuts the false claim that the COVID injections saved lives. I suggest you save it to your hard drive and even consider printing it out, or at least printing some of it out, so that you can show it to people who still believe this false claim and ask them to examine the graphs for themselves. If a picture speaks a thousand words, then multiple graphs showing surging deaths after each phase of the vaccine rollout represent an entire encyclopedia. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and on your socials and make sure you subscribe to my Empowered Substack so you never miss a post.